From the President's office in the White House in Washington, D.C., we present an address by the President of the United States, Dwight D. Eisenhower. In holding scientific research and discovery in respect, as we should, we must also be alert to the equal and opposite danger that public policy could itself become the captive of a scientific, technological elite. Welcome to the Daily Wrap-Up, a concise show dedicated to bringing you the most relevant independent news as we see it from the last 24 hours. Monday, July 18th, 2022. Thank you for joining me today. As you can see from the title, we're going to have to debunk some misinformation today, of course, because the fact checkers only focus on things that are true that they want to make sure you don't understand. I shouldn't say that broadly, but it does seem to be the case. But today, of course, we're seeing this, and the last couple of days, we're seeing this, this heat wave conversation, which I almost was going to ignore until I saw how prolific it really was and why it's happening. Now, I was going to change the way the image looked today, but I wanted to be clear. There's obviously a heat wave. Heat waves happen all the time. But I'm going to go into some interesting points around all of this and show you how outrageously over hyperbolic and overwhelming this is. In many of the cases, which are completely normal in a lot of these places, but on, and some of them which are having some higher temperatures than normal, but that happens over the years. But then comparing it with other places in the world that see those regularly and aren't dying all the, all the time. But of course, you could argue that they're, you know, more prepared for it or more used to it. But that's not even the main point. I'm going to show you examples of some people that they claim died from heat stroke. And I'll show you the day that they found them and show you the temperature that it was. And you tell me whether this person who regularly plays high-level athletics in high-level heat all around the world would suffer in their own home, inside their home, on a day when it was, I'll get to it, not the temperature you would expect from heat stroke conversation. But we're going to go through that today to show you how ridiculous these things have gotten. And what I truly believe is an effort at some level to hide the unbelievably obvious waterfall of problems coming from these injections heart attacks, blood clots, you know, all the things that we are focusing on, but a whole realm of things out there that are not really being talked about. As we played clips from you, for you from Dr. Cole and plenty of others that are talking about their practices and how they're seeing just an, an overwhelming rise in cancers, rashes, rashes are especially relevant today as we keep, uh, they keep rising the monkeypox conversation, but a lot of other things. And, and people like Dr. McCullough and Ryan Cole, for example, have told you that what they're seeing in the data, the peer-reviewed studies they can they continue to uh, research are all showing you that these things are not just making certain things worse, but everything worse. They're making a lot of other surrounding problems continually get worse, and your illnesses continue to get worse, and your immune system continue to drop, and so everything continues to get worse. But to, the, the heat stroke problem is a way to just kind of sweep a lot of different things under the rug. So uh, bear with me, by the way, you can hear my wonderful puppy whining at me. She's just fine. <laughs> She's going to work out the, the show part with me here. But the, the heat stroke thing is really interesting for how much it seems to be encapsulating. Now, we're also going to talk about some uh, some discussions that we've already poked, th uh, 
I guess, covered pretty extensively, but that are now kind of finding their way back into some certain conversations, such as the, uh, actually the one that we just referenced just the other day from New York Post is really interesting how people are quitting and resigning from the CDC and the NIH and the FDA, and no one's talking about it other than a couple of outlets. We're going to reiterate that one point, but we're also going to go over the pandemic of the injected again from a lot of other perspectives, other doctors that are harping now on the things that we've been screaming about for years, which is great to see. Some of these doctors that are standing up and, and, and pointing out some specifically, in fact, the UK data that we keep talking about, how you see an increased risk per 100,000 by almost four times in many age categories for just being infected with COVID for people that are triple boosted. And finally, we're getting more and more high level attention. It's great to see. So there's lots of that happening, by the way. I think Dr. McCullough just put out this really extensive article that uh, Children's Health Defense picked up, which basically just outlines every single study that we just bleeded out in that, that little clip we keep sharing. You know, the one about masks that just keeps showing you all the problems. So we're, it's, it's rising the information. Thank God people are starting to talk about it. But we're also going to talk about the cardiac arrest problem that's continuing to be seen and a great article by Children's Health Defense showing you their data, again, revealing that that is a problem they're seeing but aren't talking about. And we're going to finish today with a couple of quick points on origin as well as the digital ID path to hell that Derek just covered, which is kind of the culmination of where all this seems to be going. But let's start today with a quick shout out. Had a really great time playing, opening for Faithless Town and Five Times August in uh, the, the Cobra in downtown Nashville. So just wanted to give a shout out to that. I, I had a really good time. There's some great picks. I got to get some of my stickers in there on the on the sticker walls. I'm sure they'll peel off the ones they don't like eventually <laughs> at some point. But just had a really good time there. I really enjoyed playing and, and I'm getting much better performing live, I feel. But still, you know, can get better. <laughs> Personal opinion. But really enjoyed it. I really and I had a great time. You know, because they're both great people doing great things, genuinely trying to stand up for what they believe is right, even at a time when it seems to be slightly detrimental to their work. That's that is integrity, in my opinion. So thank you both for being there. I know, by the way, I did play a song that I haven't played anywhere else there for the first time called The Truth Will Come. I'll be putting that out at some point in the near future. But I wanted to play, read this little meme somebody shared that I thought was really interesting. Uh, I actually, to be honest, I didn't even cite, didn't check that it was actually Aldous Huxley. It doesn't really matter, to be quite honest, in the context of the point I'm making today. But they cited it to Aldous Huxley. But read this and think about it for a second. The surest way to work up a crusade in favor of some good cause is to promise people they will have a chance to maltre of maltreating someone. Now, the good cause, you can put in quotes if you want. Right. The idea of letting people know, well, if you if you fight for this good cause, you can belittle the ones that don't. It says to be able to destroy with good conscience, of course, to be able to behave badly and call your bad behavior righteous indignation. This is the height of psychological luxury, the most delicious of moral treats. I can't remember if that's from the book or not, but it does definitely rings true. The point here is that this is exactly what we're seeing. Oh, you don't fight for Ukraine? Well, you must be a Nazi, except they're literally fighting for Nazis, which is the most humorous, ridiculous part of that, or even the same kind of thing in the contradictions of vaccines. But the idea that they can stand there and say, you're, we're righteous because we wear the mask that's hurting us and our children, but you're the bad one because we've been allowed to say that, right? Anything Russian anywhere is allowed to be attacked right now. That's the thing we're talking about. We all feel that and see it. The ones that do it pretend it's not there because they love it. Now, that's some of them. But the bottom line is, guys, this is psychological manipulation. This is social engineering. We need in this country more than anywhere to stand up and recognize how we are being abused. I just talked about this on, this, uh, on um, the AM Wake Up Show today with Pasta and, and Steve from Slow Newsday. And we just really need to recognize that in ourselves, not the people, but the country as a, as a whole. 
a lot of people, you know, individuals are different, but people as a whole in this country, we tend to be very, very close-minded and, and, and two-party paradigm-ish. We need to stand back and see how we're being manipulated day to day, all of us, including myself. And one last point on, on uh, foreign policy. I just, I, I'm not going to talk about Ukraine today, but my God, guys, Ukraine war, Zelensky suspends security chief and top prosecutor. So in clown world where Ukraine good and Russia bad, this is just like, yay, he's getting rid of the bad guys. Well, do we even care to look into them? Do we even care what they were saying or what they were doing? Nope. If he did it, then good. Because <laughs> Zelensky good and them bad, right? This is where like in kindergarten when it comes to these kind of topics. But if Russia did this, can you imagine if Putin had fired this top security chief and the top prosecutor? Well, of course, they would flip out and say, well, you can't just get rid of them. They were investigating. Like these people were, in fact, in some levels, talking about things that they don't want being discussed. Remember that these high-level people were some of the ones that called out, let's say, the last propaganda official, the woman that got fired for lying about Russian troops raping people. That all blew up. They looked really stupid. Zelensky supported that claim. All of them did. They were lying to you. So my point is these people are probably getting, in my opinion, removed because they're not in line with the agenda. Now, if you agree with that agenda, that's a different story, right? Because you would probably go, okay, well, then they're probably bad. But the bottom line is whether or not you agree with it, this is not supposed to be the way that things go, is it? Not in a democracy, whether fantasy democracy or not, you're claiming it's a same, same as Israel. We're the only democracy in the Middle East, except literally everything we do is counter to that idea. <laughs> it's just childish. Bottom line is, guys, this is ridiculous. And if it was any other adversary, they wouldn't stop talking about this for, imagine if it was Iran that just did this. You know what they would say. But Zelensky does it. He's fighting Russia, bad guy, fighting for freedom and truth and free speech. That's <laughs> just, Ignorance is strength, right? War is peace. But to jump into the heat wave conversation, this is such an incredible thing. We, we just talked about this, remember? Remember this story we just talked about? I, I should have grabbed that. Oh, you know what? The tweet probably got censored on one of my last accounts, so never mind. But I was just put a tweet out about this. I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw this. This is San Francisco with this article. This is from, We already talked about this. It's from June 20th. In San Francisco, right? By the way, I grew up in California, in Sacramento. I went to San Francisco every weekend. Damn, damn near every weekend, my friends. I know the temperatures there. I'll make that point again in a minute when we get into the UK in comparison. So 75 degrees Fahrenheit is beautiful. Whether in Sacramento and San Francisco, it's that's outstanding. That's the best day ever. Uh, if you didn't see the story, you would be absolutely floored to realize that even the fire department, which I don't even know how that's possible, whether they got misquoted or they're just being ridiculous, they literally claimed that people were having heart attacks, passing out, heat stroke, all of this stuff. Where was it? Uh, let's try to find their right there. Medical situations included people suffering heart attacks, heat stroke, physical trauma. And then you come to find out how, the temperature that day. They climbed as high as 75 degrees. Like, I, I, I don't even understand how they thought it made sense to even put this out. 75 degrees. You can't, I mean, you can't even argue that that could even remotely lead to heart attacks unless the person was in a sauna in that 75 degree day <laughs> or running 35 miles straight without drinking on a, 30, on a 75 degree day. It doesn't make sense. We all know that. They knew that. This is childishly ridiculous. It's, it's just, and, and you, and by the way, I looked up the average temperature for that day, that month, and it was like 74 degrees. So it's like one or two degrees higher than the average in general. And people are having heart attack. Okay. You get the point. This was ridiculous, but this came a little early. This started a little too early, didn't it? This was June 20th. So come forward to this month, July 18th, July 17th, they have been bleeding about a heat wave problem. Now, again, 
there is clearly a heat wave happening in Europe and a lot of these countries that seems, you know, higher than usual. But to make it out to be that we're all a bunch of feeble individuals that can't deal with the heat or the fact that you can't, I mean, in San, in, the, in, uh, in uh, Sacramento, for example, there were times when it went up to 115, 116 degrees. It's crazy hot. And, and I will even point out that there's examples of every year that would happen. I would make that point. There's elderly people that would pass out in the streets, you know, die because they get caught out in the heat. Don't expect it. Don't plan. But by and large, people are not dropping dead because of the heat. And if they are, it's probably because they're not hydrating enough or so on. It's not the heat. I mean, you could factor in. You get my point. The point is that it's not all of a sudden that people just all start dying in unprecedented numbers from heart attacks because of temperatures they've seen before or other countries deal with on a daily basis. Doesn't mean that people don't suffer and don't have problems because of the heat. Make sure you hear me on that. Not trying to broad brush, you know, bro, uh, sweep this under the rug, but let's get into the actual information. So here is Bloomberg as of this is last night. Record-breaking heat waves prompt wildfires and multiple deaths across Europe. So my first point is why, and what they're pointing out here, temperatures that soar to 105 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, just I mean, just from, from my perspective, that's not that high in a place where I've lived where, and I, you can look it up, Sacramento has heat over 100, 100 plus temperatures almost every year. So 105 is hot, but it's not the kind of thing that we haven't seen before. So what's with all of the bleeding, breathless reporting? I genuinely think there's an effort to try to hide this right now. Oh, somebody in my chat says, hey, they're in Bakersfield. It's 104 right now. You know what I mean? Like, think about that. So why is it different for them in Bakersfield? They don't deal with it every day. They have an entire 80% of the year where that's not even close. So it's no different. Okay, so they're hyping this, in my opinion, right now. Here is one of the reports. In So just so we're clear, they're saying... 40 degrees Celsius for those everywhere else in the world. <laughs> for those that in the, in the weird backward place called the United States, it's Fahrenheit, 105 degrees. That's what they're saying is the expected soar to temperature. So that's the peak they're pointing at. Numerous countries like Spain, Portugal, Greece, France, all struggling, they say. Well, first of all, let's look at what the top hottest countries are generally in Europe, because this is apparently all across Europe. Well, let's just take the first three, Malta, Cyprus, Greece, okay? Generally hotter than anywhere else in these areas on an average. So what are those temperatures right now? Let's look at the weekly temperatures. Well, first of all, as you can see, Malta is the hottest country in Europe by average temperatures. I didn't need that. I had the other image. But so here's Malta. <laughs> okay, right now it's 83 degrees in Malta. Right now they're telling you right now everyone's flipping out about this heat wave. Look at Malta. Look at the weekly time. Look, 92, 91, 90, 91, 93. Okay. I don't know what the breakdown is for the Celsius, but for those, I don't know. You, you guys probably know around the world because you're forced to deal with U.S. stuff. But it's... 92 degrees Fahrenheit, 90, 91, 90, 91, 93. Okay. The hottest country in Europe is, is generally 83 now, average of 90 something right now. How does that make sense? Well, they're not pointing at Malta, to be fair. They're pointing at other places. Here is Cyprus, second hottest place in the Europe, 87 right now. Now that one gets a little hotter, doesn't it? 100, 101, 101, 101, 103, 102. But the point is, guys, that's not that av out of average for Cyprus. Here's Greece, 80, 89, and that's right now, now throughout the week, 89, 86, 87, 93, 97, 99, 100, 89. So right there, it's right, this is when, this period is when they're saying this is supposed to be overwhelming, right? How does that make sense? Well, let's get into the ones that they're personally pointing out. Oh, actually, before, before I do that, UK in general is one of the ones that seems to be hyping this more than anybody from a governmental standpoint. And I find it to be laugh out loud ridiculous. Here's a report, UK halts all flights. 
because that doesn't work in line with everything else they're trying to do, right? Totally not. Why? Because apparently the runway melted. It melted, they said, right? Like as if they've never even planned for temperatures over 90 degrees Fahrenheit. I'm not even making this up. It melted, they say. It is 92 degrees in the UK right now. 92 degrees. It's only getting, it's 102 tomorrow, apparently. And then it goes down to 70, 80, and 79. How in the world, even at 102, are we going to pretend that their runways are melting? Who, okay, anybody out there that makes high level, commercial level runways and it can't surpass 100 degrees should lose their job tomorrow. They should have to pay for this. That is incompetent work. My, you get my point. I'm facetious. This is not real. I do not believe for one second that the temperatures are hot enough to melt the runway. So what's going on? Let's just bring you some breaking news now. Sky News understands uh, the RAF has halted flights in and out. Oh, just to be clear, by the way, they understand means we haven't vetted the story. We're bleeding. We're blindly reporting what we were just told. Great journalism. Continue, please. Of RAF Bryson Norton because... The runway has melted in this extreme weather. Now, Brighton is in Oxfordshire. It's the largest RAF base in the country. And another source has been telling Sky News this afternoon that contingency plans have been implemented to ensure that there is no impact on any military operations today. Oh, only military, though. You're screwed, though. <laughs> right, military. We'll make sure we can find ways to run on this melted runway somehow magically because military. But you guys are screwed. Just don't move. Don't move. Lock down again. Sort of a heat lockdown, right? Sounds sounds familiar. They're already, by the way, guys, those things are already floating around. Just look online. There's talks about heat lockdowns, heat quarantine. All that stuff is weirdly for, in the peripheral right now. Who knows whether that's going to be what happens next? Whether they shoot monkeypox or Malberg virus or wherever we go next. But right now, these conversations are genuinely being floated. That we need to declare a national emergency because of the heat. All these things I've already found, they're everywhere. Melted the runway. Yeah, great journalism. I just, I can't even understand that. Again, 92 right now in UK. This was put out today from Sky News. Even if it was yesterday, it wasn't any hotter. So what are we talking about, guys? 92 degrees and it melts the runway? Somebody's being lied to. There's your four. Oh, did I just, uh, oh, same one. UK temperature. Oh, same thing. Same forecast. Okay, now here's the LBC. Quote, if you are even in the shade outdoors at 40 degrees, which again was 102, all right? Let me make sure I didn't misquote that. Where was that? There it is. Yeah, 40 degrees Celsius is 105 degrees Fahrenheit, okay? 105. So they're literally telling you right here that, why do I keep, I'm just making sure I'm not mixing up the... 40, right, okay. I don't know why I keep, my head, I keep going, wait, did I get it wrong? 40 degrees, perfect. It's the Celsius Fahrenheit thing that keeps confusing me. I just want to make sure I'm not getting it wrong. So 40 degrees is 105 in, is, if that's correct. <laughs> I don't know how the breakdown works, in, in, in Fahrenheit. 105 degrees Fahrenheit is hot. But it's not, the way that he's pointing this out, let me read it all the way through. If you even in the shade outdoors at, 40, at 105 degrees Fahrenheit and 80 degree humidity, you won't live for very long. Former government chief scientist Sir David King says up to 10,000 excess deaths have been anticipated for the next two days. He's talking about Monday and Tuesday. 98, 98, 102. Anybody confused? 
10,000 deaths? Oh, maybe that's just trying to cover up the excess deaths that we're very clearly seeing because of these injections. Nah, you crazy conspiracy theorist. Well, how do you explain using temperatures that are not abnormal to argue that we're all going to die? What do you think? 105, 80 degree humidity. There's plenty of examples around the world where this is not that crazy, including in the UK in the past. But here is Sacramento, for example. This this is, no, you know, here, I, that's what I did. I got, I have two examples here. This one's Nevada, which, you know, is a desert to some degree. De in Nevada, average, da the daily high temperatures are around 104 on average, right? So what, so in general, what, why would it be much more deadly for people there versus Nevada, right? Or how about Sacramento? Average July temperature in Sacramento. Or wait, this was the, where was it? Hold on. I think I had another one up. Well, in any case, I, oh, that's what I did. I forgot. I didn't want the average. Oh, that's why I didn't go back and do it. Let's do, uh. Let's do not average July temp, Sacramento. Yeah, anyway, I don't want to take too much time on it. The point was in Sacramento, you'll see plenty of times when it gets the highest, as I said, 110, 100 plus. Now, it's not all the time, but it definitely happens. That's important. Now, here's an, an off the rail one. Here's Saudi Arabia. Definitely not the same thing as UK. The only point I'm making, and yes, these people are used to this. They live with this. But just understand that what they're doing is hyping average the temperatures like it's some apocalyptic process. When it's not, look, look at the temperatures down here for, for Saudi Arabia, 114, 114, 114. I just, my, my point is simple, guys, that this is not exactly, the way that this is being used is at, in some level, not entirely, at some level being overblown to hide some of the things that are happening. We have obvious problems. Just look at the breakdown of the heart attacks and strokes that have been happening before the heat started. We are way over the normal for the year already. And so that's why suddenly the heat happens. And we're just using that, in my opinion, to dump all this stuff into the heat, as this next one says, which has killed hundreds in Portugal and Spain is unprecedented in many areas. These maps show how excessively hot it is in Europe. It's weird that Portugal and Spain, which are not historically, you know, the top five, if they'll see what they will see if they were in the top five, Greece, Portugal, Monaco. So Portugal was not Spain. But the point is that you're showing these maps and all the hype and the heat. Temperatures spiked to 115 degrees on this one area. Well, let's look at the breakdown. Here's Portugal. Today, 73 degrees. 73 right now. 77, 783, 83, 90, 86. Okay, what, 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 I'm confused. If this is the time frame right now they're pointing at, Monday, Tuesday, that's the whole, that's when it's supposed to be peaking. What am I missing, guys? This is Portugal temperature. This is right now. Yes, it's 7 p.m., but look at the next days. Okay, they're hyping these two places as the worst. Look at Spain. 98. 105 today. 98 right now. 96 tomorrow. 100 after that. My point is this is not outrageously outside the norm. It's just not. So we have to realize how ridiculous it's all getting like the, the the fact that these same people that are hyping this are saying things that the average person i'm like where are all the people the meteorologists out there like we need to see the the whistleblowers in the meteorologist field to step up and be like you guys are making stuff up just like they are in every other field like bernie's tweets had some great tweets today expert lunacy Ten thousand deaths expected from the heat in two days in the uk everyone in kuwait is dead <laughs> right it's like comparable right i get it uk is not the same as some of these places that are much hotter but we're human beings and to argue that we're just going to drop dead because of some, well, I guess, look, you could look at it this way. Like, let's say we're talking about Spain, for instance, and they're talking about 110 degrees. So what, a, a five to 10 degree increase is going to people make people die instantly? 
it's just hype. Yes, people will struggle struggle because it's hot, but not instantly drop dead, having 10,000 excess deaths. Boom, just like that. UK, turn off the hysterical news presenters and tune into summer. Turkey at 40 degrees Celsius. British media, 40 degrees Celsius. Right? It's, just, it's, just, it's funny to me that they're being that ridiculous about it. Here's point. She says, NHS, the fact the hospitals have canceled operations and appointments, which did happen, be, and citing the heat, tells you all you need to know about how important your health is to them. Right? Think about that. The canceling treatments at a time when people are still trying to make up what they what they didn't the 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 part of the the lockdown narrative that's that the you know that we were yelling in the beginning they censored us for but then they finally admit now because now it works for them is that yeah people did miss cancer treatments and miss things because of the lockdowns now they're using that to their own benefit but it was fake news before the point is that that did happen to some degree and people are still trying to get in to deal with things oh, well that oh, pause pause only only covid <laughs> unless you're you're too hot go home with your cancer with your stroke like, what do you mean you can't treat people? What is that? Like, what world do they get to shut down because it's too hot? Isn't that more important to have the hospitals open? <laughs> I mean, this is counterintuitive. It doesn't make sense. Now, this I made this joke to slow, uh, Steve and I, are, the, you know, the I support the current thing. Well, this is now that you're piping this death. I'm scared of the current thing is the new hashtag, right? I don't support it. I'm scared of whatever you tell me to be today. His person points out it's 25 degrees Celsius where he is right now in, in I believe this was in Europe for the most part, but I, I look anyway, and he's saying that people are posting on Facebook that they are staying inside in case they die because the, the some, yes, it's ridiculous, but people take the stuff at face value. The media says you're going to die. That's the same person with three masks and seven pairs of gloves in their house right now, scared to death that they're going to die from the heat. People are actually panicking because they got told it's going to be 37 Celsius next week for two days. Yet they took an experimental drug so they could travel on holiday and go sit in 40 degrees Celsius for two weeks somewhere else, right? Think about what he's saying. Like, this is the same point that she's trying to make that I got, didn't make clear before. So if people are traveling to these places for vacation, you know, like these places, Saudi Arabia, wherever else, why don't they drop dead when they get there? Like Cancun, for example, right? This doesn't make sense when you think about it in all the different contexts. You don't just drop dead when you show up there. You deal with it. It's hot. But that's the point he's making here, too. They traveled. They took the shots. They could go to somewhere sunny, and they're, they're happy. But here, we're home, and we're dying because we're 37 Celsius. This is a joke, of course, from Neil Ferguson's calculator. Neil Ferguson predicts UK temperatures could reach 400,000 Celsius next week as government warns, get jabbed now to protect granny from spontaneous combustion. Yes, it's facetious and ridiculous, but this is the kind of level of stuff we see from Neil Ferguson, being wrong about literally every big claim he's made in his career. But we still listen to him because we love to use his fake news to drive you in certain directions. Remember, Neil Ferguson's predictions on the COVID are, the are why we're still pushing fear. They were catastrophically wrong based on personal assumptions that drove what they wanted to argue. That's been proven by corporate media. And still, he's there. Just like everybody else that hyped WMDs in Iraq and Russiagate, like Rachel Maddow. And they're still pushing the, you know, they're out there driving their corporate media because that's what they're paid to do. As he says, if you die 28 days after the heat wave, will it be counted as a heat wave death? <laughs> Please make the correlate, you know, think about the logic they apply to other things and laugh about how that would make sense, wouldn't it? Why do we do that? And we don't we do it over there in COVID land, but we don't do it over here because that doesn't make sense. That's how you bolster numbers that you want to manipulate. This is an important one. No COBRA meeting to discuss vaccine injuries. No COBRA meeting to discuss the cost of living crisis. No COBRA meeting to discuss looming food shortages, all of which are genuine problems. But 
definitely a COBRA meeting to discuss three days of warm weather. Like they're using these things like their FDA meetings to push narratives. What extreme heat can do to your body and how to stay safe. It's from the Telegraph. Experts say we need to start thinking of high temperatures as a natural disaster. <laughs> you, I mean, God dang it, guys. This is crazy. This is today. A natural disaster. And what happens when now? That's right. We declare an emergency, don't we? Can you see where this is going? Now, here's a couple of points I want to make clear. Or actually, you know, this is the last one. I forgot I was going to include some more examples, but this is the best one. This is the one I was talking about before. Now, this is before, right? Jan this is July 12th, just before the weird hype for heat stroke and everything else came from. And the same thing with this first story where they kind of pushed this out maybe a little too early. This is a real, this is former NFL running back, Marion Barber. You all know him. They claim he died of heat stroke. Now, if you dig into the story, it'll make you sick. Former Dallas Cowboys running back, Marion Barber, the third, who was found dead in his apartment in Texas. Let's just assume for sake of conversation, there wasn't air conditioning. Because, I mean, really? Come on, guys. A medical examiner's report says died of heat stroke in his own apartment in Texas. First of all, if you live in Texas, you're well, you're well accustomed to the heat. I lived in Texas for two years in uh, uh, Midland, Odessa area and Houston for that matter, but Midland, Odessa for the longest part, it's hot. But you are a human being, an adult, and you deal with it anyway. The point is, they say he died of heat stroke. How exactly do you die of heat stroke in your own apartment in a place you live? But it says on June 1st, so there's our marker. That's when they found him. Police responded to a welfare concern at his apartment. How did somebody know, by the way? Right? How did somebody they hear him die of heat stroke in his apartment? Explain that to me. They get Somebody called, and they went to check on him, and it was believed to be leased by the 38-year-old uh, Frisco... In Frisco, I don't think anybody says that, that lives there, nor just north of Dallas, where Barbara was found. Okay, so I checked all of this. North of Dallas, I checked the area. Now, north of Dallas is sort of a northeastern. So north of Texas is where they're going, oh, it's supposed to be super hot in northern Texas. Northeast, but it's just northeastern, so it's the same kind of area. But how hot was it on June 1st? Well, let's take a look. Took me a minute to find this. Weather in Dallas in June. Well... You're telling me that 86 degrees at its peak on June 1st was enough to kill somebody in their apartment who lives in Texas. Really? I mean, do you not realize how easy it is to find this stuff? And we're arguing that he died of heat stroke? Like, where is the medical examiner on this? Can you not be basic common sense, basic logic here? Can you not have those things and look at this and say, there's no way you die from heat stroke at 86 degrees at a place you live inside your apartment? But yeah. Let's just name it that because we can't find an example. And what is the common circumstance when you can't find any reason to cause of death? That's right. The medical examiner from Pittsburgh, the chief medical examiner, said this in the middle of 2021, I think, or 2020. If you do not have a cause of death you can prove and you know the vaccine was given, it's a logical assumption to assume the vaccine was the cause. That's paraphrasing. Now, I'm sure he wouldn't say that now in all the fervor, but he came out with that early and said, it's impossible, even with an autopsy. Vaccine death is very, very difficult to prove. That's why they pretend it's not there. Doesn't mean you know, because there isn't, you know it's that. But the bottom line is if there's no other problem, you don't just go, oh, heat stroke on an 86 degree day. You go, what happened? What thing did he get forced to take so he could participate? My God, 
This just makes me physically ill to see how this is happening. Where are the people that care about this person? I mean, this just blows me away. But going to the next part of it, guys, because I do believe this is a massive manipulation. We just talked about this. People in these high-level positions are literally fleeing and quitting because they know they don't want to be a part of what this criminal activity is. Think about how high-level that is. We just talked about this yesterday or day before yesterday. U.S. agencies aren't, quote, following the science on COVID. Staff are too scared to complain. Now, I'll just read a couple parts. I went over this the day before yesterday. It's like a horror movie I'm being forced to watch and I can't close my eyes. A senior FDA official told them, people are getting bad advice and we can't say anything. And the reason they make they say that is because people are getting attacked for it. People are afraid to speak out because when they do, they get treated differently. That's what they're saying. He's talking about ignoring natural immunity, closing schools, forcing masks, all this stuff. They know this is not working. They know that it was wrong to begin with. The trouble is that sweeping recommendation was based on extremely weak, inconclusive data provided by who? The, the pharmaceutical companies that have been caught lying 100 times. It's, it's impossible to see this without knowing what's happening. Here, the clip I want to play, just a quick encapsulation from the author of this, from Johns Hopkins, Dr. Marty McCary, reporting this and, and breaking down what I read yesterday, just in a quick little clip, two minutes. Let me play it for you so you guys can hear this if you didn't catch me discussing that article from yesterday. A 370% increased chance of being infected. In other words, Pfizer reported a range of vaccine. Let me just clarify that point since it cut it off right there. It says in the subgroup of children aged six months to two years, the trial found that the vaccine could result in a 99% lower chance of infection, which by the way, has been shown utterly. The data that has been, that has come out after all of this has made that number ridiculous. Just to make that clear, 99% lower chance of infection, first of all, is an argument that's easy, easy to pick apart. Chance of lower infection, whatever that means. When you can see the transmission is not being stopped. But the 99% is based on relative risk reduction, everything. But that, that aside, let's just pretend it was 99%. He's telling you that their own information from Pfizer, from Moderna, found that it could do that, but it could also have a 370% increased chance of infection. So let's roll the dice for people that don't need this, that are one in a million chance of dying, according to their Oxford calculator risk around COVID-19. I mean, come on, that is the reason they hid this from people. And then it finally comes out and they shout you down for pointing this out. It's all factual in their own documentation. So let him finish now. That was the point he was finishing right there. Could have a 370% increased chance of being infected. In other words, Pfizer reported a range of vaccine efficacy so wide that no conclusion could be inferred. No reputable medical journal would accept such sloppy and incomplete results with such a small sample size. Yet, as you point out, they, without that clinical data, they're still pushing vaccines for infants and toddlers, for people who already had COVID, and boosters for young children. That's right, and parents are not falling for it. After nearly a month of the government heavily pushing vaccines in kids under five, only 3% of parents have chosen to get their kids under five vaccinated. More parents believe in UFOs, I think. Please let that sink in, right? Like, this, there's plenty of people falling for this. You know, 1% of 300 million is a lot of people, right? But when you break it down in the big picture, you are not alone. The majority is on your side. Let that sink in. Now, a lot of those people were already tricked. They were scared. They were attacked. They were threatened. And so a lot of them have gotten one or two or whatever. But right now we're at a point where you can see it just based on the numbers, based on how many people are actually getting booster three and four. It's bottomed out mostly around the world. 
especially the children. He's pointing at 3%, guys. There's been plenty of time here. The reality is that people are aware that there's a problem to varying degrees. But my point is that that just taking that broad category of people that are slowing down and questioning what they're being told, that's a majority right now. That is not what they want you to see. And they are pressing you to feel that you're the only one that feels that way. Don't fall for it. You are winning. Stand your ground. Accept that other people have different opinions. They may believe that masks will help them. You feel free to point out they're wrong, but make sure you realize that you're on the same side in many cases when it comes to pushing back against the government, forcing you to do so. We need to make that differentiation because it's okay that people have different opinions, even about things that might be bad for them, as long as they agree that they can't force you to do it. That needs to be where we draw that line. Dr. John Walensky said over and over ago, we know people are eager to get their kids vaccinated. No, not not the case. Why? Because the vaccine trial in Kids Center 5 failed. Vaccines in babies and toddlers, that study was done and it showed no benefit. Now, why are we even doing clinical trials if when you get a negative result showing it has no benefit, they're approving it anyway? Yes. You're making a mockery of the process. This is what people within the agencies are very frustrated about. This is why they're leaving. Moderna's vaccine had a 4% efficacy. And Pfizer, it, the results were so bad with no statistical significance that one of the internal people within the CDC told me, that you can inject a child with the vaccine or squirt it in their face and you'll get the same benefit. Wow. So what you get is political science instead, and then you get skepticism from the public. And then in the future, when you really do need the CDC or NIH deliver, you still have that skepticism. It's incredibly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, there's a little couched point right there. No, no, no. How about we don't let them step back into that role? How about that? How about when the, we catch them lying blatantly, we go, you're done. You're lying to us. Yeah, you know, this point they keep making about, yeah, and then when we need them again, no one's going to trust them. Gee, I wonder why. We should have not been trusting, we should have been not trusting them a long time ago when they kept getting caught lying before. You see what I mean? The corporate media, even as they're giving you truth, are still laying these seeds that are dangerous, guys. Dangerous. Dangerous. That's right. One person said it's like a horror movie they're being forced to watch and they can't close their eyes. If the CDC wants to win some respect back, apologize, show some humility. They made so many mistakes, closing schools, boosters in young people. Mistakes. You see my point? Now, I'm not trying to say that I can prove that there was that this was a criminal, like that they did this to you on purpose. I do very clearly believe that there's been conscious choice from the beginning at some level and much more now today with people just being complicit with not doing anything about what they see. But my God, really? Well, how are we even discussing? Apologize and we'll go back. No, thank you. What about Brian Hooker and Vaxxed and the early conversations about the MMR vaccine? We, we need to realize how obviously relevant that was then and is even more so now. They've always been lying to you. Look at the WHO and the HHS and even BMJ all calling out the, the, the CDC that I've shown you a million times about their conflation of pneumonia and flu and how that was an illusion. You're just pushing flu vaccines. And then suddenly this happens and they all just get quiet. They have always been lying to you. We need to see that. So this is, an, this is my point about showing corporate media. This is an important point because it's breaking through. But it could just be that they're using this point to make sure that they hold on to the last point. Maybe they've already decided they lost for now. Doesn't mean they're going to stop like we keep seeing. They'll stop and wait for us to stop pushing back. And then they'll continue again as we keep showing you. But that is how corporate media works, guys. 
people, masking toddlers, vaccines and babies now. Show some humility and less absolutism. I believe the American people are a very forgiving people. That's certainly what I see in my Absolutely practice. Absolutely right. Well, Dr. So you're just as long as they stand up and go, we're sorry we were being we were being tyrannical. We're sorry. We'll be a little less tyrannical. OK, go back to controlling our lives. Really? Like, I mean, of all the things after what his report says, that's where the conclusion. I mean, that's ridiculous to me, but still important. Now, this is the kind of thing that we will see and we continue to see. This is an old one. This is from October 28, 2021. Media didn't disclose doctors two million dollars in Pfizer funding in his coverage promoting child vaccination. This is why this is happening. This shouldn't even be allowed. But the media and people like that are completely complicit because you know who their gigantic, most predominant funders are? The pharmaceutical industry. We all should, we know that. Sponsored by Pfizer. It's all over the place. And yet we act like there's some kind of dialogue happening. Now, what we continue to show you is that this is absolutely beyond a shadow of a doubt, the pandemic of the injected. Now, as the quasi-independents and larger sub-corporate media outlets continue to start grabbing these points from all the ones that have been doing all the work all this two years and getting it out there, we need to be careful we don't let them use the things like we just saw. The limited hangout discussion. We need to stand the ground and stop saying, well, there are some uses for elderly people. No, dangerous, bad. These are hurting people from every single angle. Like This is what will continue to happen is we, if we let that happen. Right. We don't need the, the waffling position that's going to appease the left and the right. If you're still involved in the party paradigms, you're lost. And that's why they don't bring us on the shows. Right. Because they don't. They, this is a problem for them. Their audience will despair. That will you know, get rid of them if they allow the conspiracy theorists on there. You know, the ones in the aware of the two party paradigm. But what we're seeing here is important stuff that needs to be getting out, like the dramatically higher rate of, of infection. So I'm really glad that this doctor is speaking up about this. So that, first of all, shout out to Star, Star, Star. I think I already followed them. I forget I'm using three different accounts now. So it's like I get confused on which ones I followed them on. I'm checking all of them before I go live. But here's a couple of great videos that I want to share with you in this exact discussion. First one's going to be this one. <clears throat> now, uh, you know, I, I forgot his name all of a sudden. Fish or shoot. Give me give me this name in the chat. He's he's an important doctor. He's talking about the 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 UK breakdown. The data is what's important. So that's what he's showing right there. Let me know in the chat if you remember his name and I'll give it a shout afterward. But so he's breaking this down in an interview with the Epic Times and showing you exactly what I've continued to show you, which by the way is right here and I'll show you next. But let's listen to it. It's good that this stuff is breaking through. Here's the, the clip. Hopefully this will reach higher level people. They were reporting infection rates per 100,000 population people according to vaccine status and they and by age and they compared people who had been triple vaccinated who had a booster with people who were completely unvaccinated by age group and what they showed is above age 18 in every age group the the rates of uh, symptomatic infection in each age group were approximately threefold higher in the vaccinated people than the unvaccinated people now you could say well vaccinated unvaccinated people live different lifestyles and so they're, they're likely to be get infections more or one way or the other. I think you can rationalize almost anything in doing that. But that still wouldn't account for a threefold difference. It might account for a one and a half fold, something like that, as we epidemiologists believe. So there's still a higher rate of, of infection post some amount of time after each dose. So for after the second dose of the mRNA vaccines, it looks like they provide a benefit 
against symptomatic infection for maybe, for most people, for maybe 10 to 12 weeks. After the first booster, the third dose, that drops to six to eight weeks. After the fourth booster, it may be as short as four weeks before the wow. efficacy wears off and begins to turn negative. So, but the, and by the way, that does not in any way include the side effects, right? That's just, and by the way, the efficacy is simply talking about seeing a clinical response as Fauci made clear. So one, are they making the right antibodies? Well, it doesn't even matter to their point, right? It's just, it's, we see a response. The assumption is that it's the right thing because don't you know it's safe and effective, right? That's the garbage science we're talking about. We know that we're making, that these things are making antibodies or whatever they're producing for something that's no longer there if it wasn't even there at all. So it's not making the right thing for your body, period. So the first point is his efficacy in the time frame is about whether it's producing that response. From the very beginning, it's the wrong response. So bad from the beginning. But then the point that he's making there is that after that time frame is when you see the negative efficacy. So that's where it gets into the idea that your body, your immune system, because of the injection, is suddenly hyper-tuned to infection. Remember, we showed you the Pfizer injection after 90 days is 75% negative efficacy. That means you're 75% more likely to get an infection in general. So why would you ever take something like that? This is just outrageous to me. But as the point is that that data is about infection. As we know, it doesn't stop. They keep telling you that it doesn't stop infection transmission. But the point is that you are per 100,000, not majority. You can't even argue, well, because most of them are, nope, doesn't work. Per 100,000 risk, it's dramatically higher. That's why they hid the data. The bottom line is you become more. Oh, and by the way, this is somebody in the chat told, thank you for the chat telling me. His name is Harvey Reich. I forgot. His, it's, he's a medical doctor, PhD, Yale School of Public Health. You know, basic conspiracy theorist, right? Anti-science, of course. This guy knows what he's talking about. The point is that this is, a, remember when we made this argument? Many, many, many times, remember all the pushback from the, the Twitter experts? You're not a scientist. You don't understand the data. There we are. Does it make any difference now that this medical doctor PhD is making the same point? Probably not. He's now a debunked conspiracy theorist by virtue of making the same argument, probably in their minds. But this is facts, guys. These, these are facts. Susceptible to infection after, in this case, say the fourth booster after four weeks. Is that Correct. right? And in fact, the first week or 10 days after each dose, you're more susceptible to infection also. Exactly what we told you a million times, because their own Pfizer study documentation shows you within the first seven days, you increase by 50% your risk of infection. Then, of course, it drops back down, which they go, yeah, now it's efficacy or efficacious. So who cares about that first week? Well, we care because within the first 21 days, everything that happens, they kick down in the unvaccinated category. They've proven that a hundred times over. And that's when I, I just that video we just talked about on Rumble that has 400,000 views. That's what that's about. The Alberta data that revealed that specifically. But he's, this is Mr. PhD making the same points. You guys should listen to what he has to say. Because it takes that amount of time for the immune system to process what it's doing. The vaccines have an initial um, kind of reducing effect on the immune system that Crazy. it's like the immune system goes into shock for a week after the vaccine. Does that sound good to anybody? Why in the world does that sound like it makes sense? You compare that to any other injection anywhere, and I'm still concerned about any of these other previous normal, so-called normal technology injections, but we're in a different path here. Like that is crazy. So it, it freezes your immune system for a week, and then arguably has some kind of an effect, but it's a negative effect. Even, even if you argue the antibodies are being produced, and even if they're the right ones, it still has all the side effects. Then after 90 days, it increases your risk again, unless you stay on this path forever getting boosters.
I mean, that's just madness. And then it comes out of that and the benefit occurs then. And then that benefit lasts for a variable amount of time, 12, 10, 8, 6 weeks, depending on which dose booster of, of the vaccine we're talking. And, and, by that, and by that logic, guys, that means that the more boosted you get, and this is exactly what McCullough and plenty of others are telling you, it's only going to get worse. So the next one will be three weeks. Next one will be one week. And you know the point is you guys are driving, you're painting yourselves into a deadly corner, it seems. You're already there. How incredible is that? So I'm going to play some of these clips in a minute. But before I go past that point, here is somebody making the same argument. Gut-wrenching headlines in the UK. All over 50s are now going to get COVID boosters and flu jabs this autumn. Pregnant women are also to be offered the booster. Right. Despite the fact that their data still, as of this point, says they don't know if it's safe for pregnant women. I mean, do I, I mean, I guess I should always bring that up because that's a, hopefully that there's one new person in here that's just just surveying because they think we're fake news. And the point is, that, oh, that's not true. Pregnant women, they, they told us it's safe for pregnant women. It's important to see. Yeah, I know you guys have seen it a hundred times. If I, I, I still forget the dang page every time. Hold on. <laughs> I think it's before this. Here we go. Use in pregnancy while breastfeeding. This is from February 2022, the most recent point of their, of their data. <clears throat> and it still says, the safety and profile of the vaccine is not fully known in pregnant or breastfeeding women. So how are they giving it to people if they don't know? Same point for immunocompromised. They don't know if it's safe, as well as the fact that it says the long-term safety of this injection is unknown. How in the world, with everything we know, and then we don't know the long-term safety, are we putting this in people's arms? It just blows me away. But they're going to give it to people right now, the newest booster. So what is that now? Five, six? I mean, this is just madness. So here's the data he's pointing at. <clears throat> I made this clear every week until they stop putting this data out. Just so you can see it for yourself. This was on March 20th. 2022. This week here shows you the breakdown. And this is per 100,000. So the majority argument they make about how, well, most people are vaccinated, so that doesn't apply. doesn't work here. Per 100,000 is the way you break it down. So it's the risk for the person. So if you have three, because this is talking about three doses, if you've got three shots in your body, your risk of getting COVID-19 per 100,000 is three times higher than, than any people that don't in most cases. In some cases, it's more. That's why I say most cases. Just look at the breakdown. Just take 18 to 29. The most least at risk group, 2,542 per 100,000 with three shots, only 781 per 100,000 with no shots. There's your pandemic of the injected right there. Now, on the same point that I made all the back then, all when I talked about this discussion back in March, look, look at the rate, the rate of death. Here's your death right here. This is the death category. Well, both these anyway, death in 28 days, death in 60 days, right? So if you look at the under 18 and if you look at the, uh, all the way up to the, let's see. <clears throat> yeah. Let's just look all the way up to 30 to 39. That's where it's the most stark. Look at the difference. 0.3 per 100,000 to 0.4. If you get it, you get a 0.1 per 100,000 difference in death reduction, three doses to none. And you're telling me the most at risk groups. 18 under, zero, zero, same risk to die, regardless of how many shots you have. Look at 18, 29. You have the same risk to die. You can die no matter what, the same risk, whether or not you got three shots or zero. How do we not, this is why they stopped showing us this, guys. This is per 100,000. Now, just to make it clear again, just because I think it's interesting, all the way back in March of 2020, this is the UK... High Consequence Infectious Diseases page. 
okay, all the way back in March of 2020, and this was updated reasonably recently, they say, and it's still there, as of March 19, 2020, COVID-19 is no longer considered to be a high-consequence infectious disease in the UK. Here we are, though. I mean, it, it's just baffling. Now, all the places we keep showing you, Scotland, Ontario, Alberta, all of them have continued to show the same thing. That's why Ontario stopped showing the breakdown. Remember, they, they hid that page from you in regard. Let me see if we can let's bring it up. So we kept we kept showing you this page, right? The hospitalization and the ICU, which had over 75% people in the ICU, which were fully injected. Still loading. It's probably, oh, it's the web archive. Oh, dang it. I didn't want that one. Let me do this real quick. So let's see if it comes up as I show you the web archive, which is actually good that it came up. So this is what it, well, maybe it won't load now. There it goes. So before they hid this for everybody, remember, this was every day for months straight. You saw anywhere from 70 to 75% of everybody in the ICU, which were people with injections in their body. Then, by the way, the unvaccinated area, still they still manipulated and said that it's people that have shots in their body. Oh, they changed this, it looks like. They did change it, even the last one. But look, point was, that's the page now. Oh, look, it's gone. That's strange. They just don't want you to see that stuff. Because the reality was, oh, I shouldn't close that, that at any moment, you had 75% of people in the ICU with injections and way over that for just the regular hospital. Day after day, week after week, month after month. Then they just hit it from you. Here's, here, let me play a couple of videos from you from other doctors. This is Dr. What's his name? Paul Merrick. Plenty of people speaking out about this, guys, and they're telling you exactly what we have been talking about. This wasn't. This is not safe for anybody. The data is making that very clear. Data from Israel and data from the national health system in the UK. So this is official data show that those who vaccinated are more likely to get COVID and be hospitalized than the unvaccinated. Mm. So let me say that again. These vaccines provide negative protection. You're more likely to get COVID if you vaccinated. And this is data from the national health system in the UK. Now think about how dumb that is in the context of how they're telling you that long COVID is the very reason that we're injecting children. That doesn't work out, does it? So long COVID, which we haven't quantified, can't prove, and by, and peer-reviewed science says is psychosomatic, which I've shown you. But because of that narrative, we're going to inject kids because we don't know for sure. But yet we can prove and know for sure that that very thing you're giving them increases dramatically the risk of getting COVID, which then arguably, based on their narrative, increases the risk of long COVID. So they're literally doing the opposite of what they say they're doing. That's called actually looking at the science, not trusting, looking at it and engaging with what it's actually saying. Trusting the science crowd are only repeating what they're told it says, which is not what it says. This is back, absolutely ridiculous. But that's the truth. The very reason they're stating is the reason they're getting it's, it's hurt. They're hurting people, guys. That's the takeaway here. These things are dangerous. As well as from, from Israel. So this persistent narrative of safe and effective is a complete and utter lie. They're ineffective and they're dangerous and they're not safe. There's absolutely, at this time, no group of patients who would actually benefit from the vaccine. None. Exactly. That's the kind of stance we need to take. 
right? A principled stance, not be afraid of the fact that you might have some groups on one side of the paradigm call you a conspiracy theorist. You might lose some clicks and some traffic. We need to take the stance about saving the planet and saving the human species. That's what it feels like right now, guys. We need to realize how important that is. Oh, actually, hold on. There was a couple more. I was going to play this one too. This, this star, star, stars had some great posts here. I'm not familiar with the account. I just saw some of this today. I was stumbling through a lot of new channels. So I was trying to recoup all the people that got, you know, that got, uh, they censored my recent account. So I had to follow everybody again. Try to, I, so it's impossible to remember everybody to follow, you know, so I just got to rebuild it again. That's why they do it to break you off from that community, which we need to build elsewhere, guys. So they're going to keep doing it. But next one, here's Dr. McCullough saying similar things that we've already discussed, but just to continue to hear this in one place, you know, the continuity of it. I'm an epidemiologist and people have asked me, Dr. McCullough, are the vaccines actually causing the death? The epidemiological construct that we have to go through is called the Bradford Hill tenets of causality. So the first question is, is it a large signal? Is it a large epi epidemiologic signal? And I tell you, it's astronomical. All the vaccines combined in the United States per year, it's no more than 150 deaths, not temporarily related. Here we're at over 21,000 deaths. So clearly it's a massive signal, number one. Number two, is there a dangerous mechanism of action? The answer is yes. Frankly, we know the vaccines have a dangerous mechanism of action. They install production of the spike protein. The spike protein is what makes the respiratory infection lethal. And it follows that in some people, excessive production of the spike protein in a vulnerable person would be lethal after a vaccine. The third criteria is, is it internally consistent? Are there other conditions that are now acknowledged that they themselves could be fatal? And the answer is sure. It, with uh, myocarditis, our FDA agrees, all the regulatory experts agree that the vaccines cause myocarditis. Can it be fatal? Yes. Have there been fatal cases, cases published? Yes. Uh, by Verma and Choi, as an example. Those are uh, publications. There are over 200 peer-reviewed publications of myocarditis. How about other forms of death? Vaccine-induced thrombocytopenic purpurium, uh, uh, thrombosis, blood clots, uh, uh, a variety of other uh, stroke, hypertension, myocardial infarction, a variety of other lethal syndromes. There's over a thousand peer-reviewed uh, papers published on fatal and non-fatal outcomes. So that criteria is met. So it's internally consistent. Is it externally consistent? Um, it, it, so it's consistent with the yellow card system, the UDRA system, and the um, uh, uh, and the US VAR system. And finally, is it temporarily related? Yes, it's very tightly temporarily related. So I've just gone through the exercise. It is beyond any shadow of a doubt that the vaccines are causing large numbers of deaths. It's unequivocal. Uh, it is unassailable. Mm -hmm. Those conclusions, and I'm a card-carrying epidemiologist, I'm telling you, the vaccines are causing large numbers of deaths. And just because his whole life has been debunked, apparently, they just ignore what he has to say. But this is a legally provable stance. That's the important part to understand, guys. There's an article I'll include. I'm not going to go over extensively, but read it for yourself because I've already made this point before from Ricola's different discussions. Jessica Rose, somebody else you should follow. The Bradford Hill criteria because the cowards of causation denial need complete converse, conversion. The, the, the point is this is being proven, not because they're conspiracy theorists or unscientific, but basic, basic tenets are being proven. You can walk through this and see. He just walked through it himself. And, you don't, and the point is it's not because they're using statistics that, they just, that are disputed. They're not saying because this is how many, just the signals he points out, which we'll make, it, we'll make clear in the next segment. You don't need to prove these things. 
adjust the signals as the UK made clear in 2006 are enough. But you can meet all of these things and you can prove that this is hurting people. That's important. Now, here's just another clip. You can see the insurance companies, the points we made before. Last one I'll play actually is this one, and then I'll go to the next part. Dr. Bhakti, who you have just with uh, uh, Taylor Hudak has interviewed, and he has continued to be shown to be right. He was early on this, guys, and he got attacked mercilessly. for this. He's absolutely right. He was one of the earliest people to come out and say that this was going to help nobody. The issue is that all these vaccines that are being de delivered to billions of people on the planet are doomed to fail because these vaccines will never cause or stimulate production of antibodies that are going to be ejected out into the airway system to prevent those viruses entering the cells of the respiratory tract. And therefore, none of these vaccines can work. And what we have seen and what we're witnessing now is what we told you almost a year ago would happen. There is no vaccine that you put into your muscle that can ever protect you against an infection of the respiratory tract. Mucosal immunity, right? He called it, they called him crazy. Then they admitted they didn't do it. Then they talked about things like the nasal injection or nasal spray or the Paxlovid. They, these are things that came out to address these arguments, even though they just they called him fake news and censored him in the beginning for making that argument. It's a simple fact. It does not produce mucosal immunity, which is absolutely necessary for any kind of respiratory problem. They know that, but yet we don't. Nobody talks about it. I've never seen anybody even really address this other than Bhakti. But there's a thousand angles. This is being shown to be complete garbage. You are being played, guys. Point. That's it. Or rather, those that have gotten played are being played. You guys have been aware. And anyone who says otherwise is either ignorant or he's lying. Now, unfortunately, 99.9% of the people saying this are ignorant. They don't know it because they never learned it. And they never studied it. They never researched it. And the 0.1% who do know it, they are either bought or they are criminal. So don't let's talk about breakthroughs. These are not breakthroughs. These are naturally incurring infections that have to occur because there is no immunity against infection against COVID-19. Whether you take an inactivated vaccine or a gene-based vaccine is entirely immaterial. Now he's talking about injection wise. There is no basis whatsoever for any intramuscular, intramuscular vaccination. There is no basis. And every attempt is bound, is doomed to fail. Now, of all the people we've spoken to, both, both Taylor and myself, Dr. Bhakti is so clearly shown himself to be one of the most honest, genuine people that I know. I know, you know, in, in the context of work. I mean, just look at how he came out so early and took a hard stance. Like, this is bad, dangerous, because he was not afraid. He realized that it was bad and he took the right stance. I mean, that's how I see it. People probably disagree, think he's wrong. But my point is, even if he is wrong, 
He has stuck to his guns. He has stood by it and he's been attacked from every possible angle. And he's taken those negative consequences and stood by it anyway. That's what integrity looks like. That's what principles look like. He has continued to be proven right. And, you know, even honestly, it even bugs me that there are people now that are the kind of the rock star doctors out there that are not acknowledging things like that. The people like him that really paved that way. And, you know, it's just important to see how these people have continued to stand by it and are taking a lot of negative energy for it. He's I mean, he's proven himself to be principled. Now, the next part. Oh, and this was just uh, this was oh, I just had it open. That's right. This was just her tweet showing his discussion. But then uh, the next part was how clearly, all that being said, they're desperate to get people to take it because we are generally seeing there's a problem right now. That's my point of earlier. You are the majority, guys. Officials beg eligible Americans to get second booster. Second booster, right? Meaning the, the, the fourth shot, I guess, which is just asinine when you think about it. Now, the point here. It says a fe federal officials urged, practically begged. This is corporate media saying this. Eligible Americans to stay up to date. Now, that's not the same thing as the third. Point is, there are people that have, have not gotten the first booster. There are people that haven't gotten the second shot because they saw that a bad experience and they're just dug in. And they're put, they, I mean, they're trying to coerce the people they already coerced. They're trying to coerce the people that went along willingly. They're losing control of this. They already lost control, in my opinion. They're just doubling, tripling, quadrupling down begging people to get the next shots. Stay up to date, but you're fully vaccinated, except you can't do it until you're up to date. So what's fully mean? How is it fully anything if you're not able to do the stuff? It's just, it's just so stupid. They're, they're treating you like you're a kindergartner. But during a media briefing this week, they pressured and stressed, please come get it, as, as cases and hospitalizations rise across the country. Now, what you'll notice here in any of these conversations, they're no longer calling out the unvaccinated, are they? What happened to all the rhetoric about the pandemic of the unvaccinated? They dropped it and ran. You know why? Because it's impossible to argue right now. Right now, the only thing you'll see in this argument, they're comparing the earlier shot people to the new up-to-date people, right? So now you're the dangerous one if you've only gotten your one shot, you dirty anti-vaxxer. But wait a minute, he got a shot. How can he be an anti-vaxxer? Don't try to think too hard into it. Just do what you're told. COVID-19-related hospitalizations have doubled since April. We know where that's coming from. The data makes that undeniably clear. Predominantly people with, with injections in their body. And deaths remain at about 350 a day. Rochelle Walensky, director of the CDC, said this. There are 50 and older who were, were fully vaccinated and just had one booster shot were four times more likely to die from COVID than those who had recommended two boosters. You realize she's talking about people that have two shots and then got a booster and are saying you are four times more likely to die from COVID unless you get the fourth shot. Where are the unvaccinated are living pretty over here on a beach somewhere, not involved in this. And now they're going, you dirty people with only three shots are hurting everybody. <laughs> Think about that. 50 and older who are fully vaccinated and just had only one booster, four times more likely to die. I thought it was supposed to stop them from dying. I don't even know how you make sense. This is why people are digging their feet in. They're confused by this and they should be because it doesn't make sense. It says, quote, we're at a point in the pandemic where most COVID deaths are preventable. You're damn right, because they're coming from the shots. Stop doing it. You'll stop having these problems, guys. People are not dying from this. The data's made that clear, whether you're talking Omicron, Delta, or before. They're trying to make this look like something that it's not. 
I mean, th th I'm not making this up, guys. That's the problem is this is direct data coming from their information. But we're conspiracy theorists if you point at their data, apparently. Now, here is somebody, a documented filmmaker, who made a good point. If you still need a booster after being, quote, fully vaxxed, and you still need to get tested after being fully vaxxed, and you still need to wear a mask after being fully vaxxed, they're telling you anyway, and you still get hospitalized after being fully vaxxed, it's probably time you admit that you've been conned. Good for him. We need people that are willing to stand up for this, guys, because that's it's 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 insultingly stupid that this is still being called ethical efficacy or you know safe and effective, despite everything we know, despite people in all these groups, FDA, CDC, uh, um, NIH, all leaving, quitting, and blowing the whistle and saying you guys are hurting people everywhere. All the data, everything backs up what we're saying. Like realize how crazy this is. Now this is about the cardiac arrest part. We just showed this study a bunch of times. Just to reference the point we're going to get into, new study from Israel, June 1st, 2022, links COVID vaccines to 25% increase in cardiac arrest. Yeah, but there's no such thing as collapsing anything. No, no, no. That's all fake news conspiracy theory, right? No, no, no. The data backs it up. It's the same backward situation we're in everywhere else. Here's a story from, uh, uh, from Italy. Sudden and unexpected, at least 11 vac uh, vacationers dropped dead on Italy beaches in 24 hours. Now, you could. Th this is the same point as before. Whether or not they had the shot is the first point to make. This is alarming. The amount of athletes that have died of cardiac arrest just in 2022 is so far beyond what we would have normally expected pre-COVID that it's painful to see. And nobody wants to point it out inside the corporate media. Instead, they go, anti-vax or fake news. Well, wait a minute. I'm not even talking about the vaccine. I am in other contexts, but in, right now, why don't we care that this many children are collapsing on fields, that this many adults have collapsed during sports? And all of it is dramatically more than anything we've ever seen, whether or not the injection is part of the conversation. You see, that's how you have to address it, because that's impossible to deny. Then you go, okay, well, what's the new thing in the conversation here? What have they been forced to do that changes everything? What's the thing that changed over the last couple of years? And then you have to ask the obvious question. Did it play a factor? Is it the entire thing? Those are good questions to ask, but let's just stick on the reality that 11 people in 24 hours is not normal. While Italians prepare for their fourth COVID vaccine injections, the count of sudden deaths continue to rise 11 under 60 years old in just the last out, last few hours. It's in the last 24 hours, excuse me. Now that beach season is upon us, a new heartbreaking phenomenon is taking place. Fat, healthy vaccinate, uh, excuse me, I keep doing that, vacationers dropping dead from sudden and unexpected medical emergencies. Many of them suffer cardiac arrest and die. As of July 2022, almost 48.7 million people in Italy have received two doses fully vaccinated in uh, in Italy. Roughly 90% of the total population over 12. So herd immunity land, we're supposed to fantasy herd immunity land. That's what we keep talking about. They should be good to go, right? Additionally, three out of four Italians have also received their booster shot. So to argue it's COVID hurting everybody wouldn't make sense with their previous narratives. The reality is they're all injected and they're all struggling. While Stahl makes it clear that he does not want to automatically attribute the sudden and unexpected death to the gene injections, vaccines, what they call them, the amount of incidences seems worrying. So just so it's clear, the person they're citing who wrote this up is the very one going, I don't want to make, it's not about the vaccine, just so you make that clear. It's not some anti-vaxxer website trying to link everything, which is how they always try to frame it. This is a guy writing about the fact that it's weird that this many people are dying and collapsing in this short period of time. And by the way, just like the other site we mentioned, you can look at them, guys. They're linked right here. 
85 year old woman died. Now, 85, you could argue, well, she, maybe she just got sick. I'm not saying we know for sure, but this many, this many people is weird, guys. There's something strange going on. Now, here's some other examples. Comedians speak out after the death of Bust Down star Jack Knight. Now, do we know what happened? We don't. But isn't that strange how we have this weird waterfall of died suddenly in their bed, death not revealed? What does that mean? All this put together, it seems obvious what's going on. Cause of death has not been revealed. 28 years old. We have a weird rash of these 20-somethings just dying in their bed for no reason. Totally normal, right? Heart attack situation in a capital pool. A bunch of swimmers in a hospital. Now, their official story on this one is too much chlorine. But you'll see why I don't think that holds water. No pun intended. A heart attack situation marked the state of the, st of the start of a state swimming championship in the metropolitan pool, I guess called Diana. Due to excessive chlorination of the water, they say, the air in the hall became difficult to breathe. Some competitors start coughing. Others have eye problems. Others end up in the hospital. Now, that's what this article is saying. Now, when you get into what the people that were there are saying, you'll notice a little bit of de deviation. It says the timeline of events shows that there were no problems in the hall during the morning session. First problem. So we're supposed to pretend the chlorine and chlorinated water that wasn't being added while people were swimming throughout the day because that's not what happens. And, that's, and they'll make clear that's not what happened. Just suddenly got more concentrated in between the morning and the night session. Really? Okay, first obvious problem. There wasn't a problem. They swam perfectly in the morning and then at night they suddenly had a problem. However, in the afternoon, not even night, in the afternoon hours before the final swims, pool staff do not monitor the chlorine levels. And the inconsistent composition of the substances causes allergic reactions. Right. We all know what chlorine does in the water when it's too high. Eyes hurt and so on. Right. Does it cause you to have infections? In fact, it does the opposite, doesn't it? Well, here's the next part. I felt short of breath. I had no air at all. My throat hurt. Still does. Nose problems. Some had eye problems. I even heard that some children had infections. Some ended up in the hospital. What? Infections? It's chlorine, guys. Even today, I'm probably worse than yesterday. So the one thing is, okay, some people had eye problems. I'm like, okay, who knows? Maybe there was something going on. I, maybe there was a lot of chlorine, but then here's the problem that makes weird to me. It makes it weird to me. Now, to be clear, I'm not saying I know what happened here. I just think it's strange there's a lot of this happening, and then all of a sudden it's heart attacks caused by chlorine. It says, when such events are held with so many people, it is necessary to measure the water, such as temperature and, and chemical composition two to three times a day. The fact is that there has been no manager of the pool for a week for me to root of the problem. Oh, I see. So you read the story for yourself, by the way. You can look up other articles. So they had a guy that was hired to do this. That you, It's right in this spot right here. And he watched him around, and then he quit. So apparently there was nobody managing the pool. So who exactly was putting chlorine in the pool? Nobody. That's what they're saying. There was somebody who was supposed to be doing that that wasn't even there. And they only found that out when this all happened. So you're telling me that nobody was managing it, that it was fine that morning, and then suddenly people get in the chlorine pool and have heart attacks and infections. Something's awry. Just going to throw that out there. I'll let you make your own decisions about how weird everything is right now. But the bottom line is everything everywhere seems to be the cause of heart attacks, except the thing causing heart attacks. Just, just a thought. Here's some more examples. Eight-year-old boy dies after receiving COVID vaccine in Mexico. Family claims family. What do you mean claims family? Did he die? Yes. Was it after he got a shot? Yes. You don't have to argue that it caused the death, but why do we have to say family claims when both those things are proven? Because it's a weird thing happening right now. But it says an eight-year-old boy reportedly died, well, that's funny too, reportedly, on Sunday, July 10th, after receiving the Pfizer injection five days earlier. The family of the eight-year-old boy reported the child died after receiving the vaccine on July 5th, 
resulting in symptoms such as fever and got progressively worse. Due to his deteriorating health, the ambulance was called, which took him to a nearby hospital. Hours later, he died. The death was confirmed by the Secretary of Health, and this is in Oaxaca, uh, it says, and reported that there is a there is already an investigation to find out the cause of the child's death. Quote, it is several days after the child received the vaccine. This is the health Secretary of Health saying this. There, so there, there will be a thorough investigation into what really caused his death. Now, whether that actually happens or not is a different story. But they're the ones calling out the vaccine. The, epidemi the epidemiology unit will carry out a full autopsy as well as an investigation. The problem is, as I made clear, and the chief in medical investigator uh, of, of uh, Pittsburgh made clear earlier that it's almost impossible with an autopsy to find out if it is a vaccine-caused death. So probably won't find anything out, which they'll then call an accident or something else like that. But the problem is this is happening everywhere. When you really put the big picture together, you can't, some of them could be just, you know, coincidence, but you can't ignore how obvious this is and how it's happening everywhere. As people in the chat are talking about SADS, SIDS, I mean, this is everywhere. Even the idea of SADS and SIDS in and of itself was argued early before COVID that that was a cover-up of earlier vaccine problems. Just sudden infant death syndrome. Yeah, that makes sense, right? Just died for no reason out of nowhere. We'll just call it its own thing and make it a deal, right? Education secretary has just announced that all state schools will have defibrillators, defibrillators by December. Right? Because that makes sense, right? Out of nowhere, we're just going to give them things that are helpful for heart attacks, right? Because children have heart attacks all the time, enough to put defibrillators in schools everywhere. God, how can people not see how crazy this is? Why the urgent need for these schools, for these in these schools? What's the elephant in the room? Well, we all know what that is. In fact, I think I still have it up on my website. I'll just show you this. Oops. I didn't mean to do that. Just move this to the wrong spot. We'll see where we were right here. Just wanted to show you this. I'll see if it loads here. Take a second. Come back to that one after that. I'll show you my my, my meme or the, the cartoon I have on the site. But here's the defender. 20% of deaths reported after COVID vaccines related to cardiac disorders. CDC data show. This is their data, guys. And there's more than this than you could possibly imagine. But their data still shows that 20% of the deaths reported after them are cardiac problems. And a lot of them are children. Why do we not think, why do anybody think this is out, this makes sense, that this is normal? I believe it's right down here. Oh, no, I changed it. Never mind. That's funny. I thought I had it in there. I had one here that was a the, the let me do this real quick and see if it's still there. The elephant in the room cartoon, which I thought was pretty funny. It's just it's just absurd how constant this is. As my site takes 40 years to load, of course. Well, next part. Here is the point coming. Oh, I was going to read through this. I I was just, uh, let's see. Of course, it's not there. <laughs> Never mind, I guess. Anyway. This whole article is fantastic, and I think it's a uh, Megan Redshaw does this often, where she goes over the reporting of the data up from from Bayer's and just continues to show you over a million reports, adverse events. Bayer's is the primary point of reporting for the government. Data includes a total of twenty nine thousand reports of death, or more than that, an increase of one hundred and eighty seven over the previous week. I mean, it's just incredible. The data is. I mean, look at just the six month to five year olds, two thousand one hundred five adverse events including 71 cases related to serious and three reported deaths, four reports of myocarditis. This is just this. Uh, this is from December 2020 to July 8th, 2022. 13 reports of blood clotting. And it goes, it continues on for five to 11s, 12 to 17. I mean, this is painful, guys. In a move, uh, CHD President Mary Holland called head spinning the FDA on July 10th, granted full approval of the Pfizer community injection. Full approval. Damn it. 
There's no such thing as full approval, guys. Even the defender says, well, drive me crazy. There is no such thing as full approval. But here what they're saying, though, they did a quiet approval of the version of 12 to 15. They're just continuing. They're doing this slowly while they're not letting it be used. They're only giving the emergency authorized version. This is a lie. But just to make this point clear, by the way, as they cite this release when they claim full approval, it doesn't say full approval anywhere. It just is approval. I don't know why we can't get past this. That's a manipulation they're playing on us. Full approval is a nonsensical concept. In the United States, there's emergency authorization, there's approval. The full approval is a way to make it seem like emergency authorization is approval step. It's not. Let's stop using full approval. It's ridiculous. But it says commodity is not available in the U.S. for any age group and is not the same formula as the Pfizer biotech vaccine currently authorized in their emergency use, which in and of itself is illegal because of a thousand other reasons, including the approval of the injection, which should make it null and void. But the report's important. But all of this is talking about Vayer's data, which they dismiss as unverified. So I want to reiterate this point. Here's an article from 2006 from The Guardian, talking about doctors urged to be more vigilant over drug side effects. Here is June Rain, who's had plenty to say during COVID-19, who is who would contradict herself today. Here's what she said back then, using the yellow card system, which is the UK version of theirs. The MHRA urged healthcare professionals to use the yellow card scheme. Quote, there is no need to prove that the medicine caused the, the adverse reaction. Repeat that. There is no need to prove that it caused the myocarditis, that it caused the death, that it caused the Bell's palsy, that it caused the heart attack. Just the suspicion is good enough, says June Rain of the agency from MHRA of the yellow card scheme. Right. They don't need to prove it. So when you have 29,000 deaths that we haven't verified, those are signals. We don't need to prove them according to them. We just need the suspicion. That should have been shut down past 50 like they have in the past, like with previous injections where 50 reports shut the whole thing down. So why is it different today? Because there's a game being played and we're being lied to. Now, on that same point, just a thought made something clear. Here's a report from The Guardian. Taste the toxin, which, by the way, is pretty slanderous when you think about it, seeing as how this has been proven. But Skittles unfit for human consumption, lawsuit says. The toxin can cause brain damage and alter your DNA. Hmm, that's interesting. As she says, do you not see what's being done to us? I mean, come on, guys. I mean, it's certainly possible that this is being caused by that. But what else is doing that? What else are we proven with peer-reviewed science is giving brain damage or encephalitis, for that matter, swelling of the brain or causing altered DNA? My God. What it says, it contains a known toxin called titanium dioxide, rendering them unfit for human consumption. Well, first of all, here's a good small point to realize that that's been on the market for how long now? Right? They are, this is all safe and effective, according to them. Suddenly, they find out that it's there, and suddenly everything changes. Why can't we factor that into the shots now? Why can't we factor that into the thing they're telling you from the CDC? Just the idea that they could be wrong, mistaken, or bribed to not talk about it. All these things are possible because we see it every damn day. But only COVID land, and we say that there's no way these things aren't safe and effective because they told us so. People who consume Skittles, they say, quote, are at heightened risk of a host of health effects for which they are unaware stemming from genotoxicity, the ability of a chemical substance to change DNA. So now when they find all these weird alterations, they're going to go, oh, do you eat Skittles? Well, there you go. Here's what it says down here. A critical element in reaching this conclusion is that we could not exclude genotoxicity concerns after consumption of titanium dioxide particles. The authority said, after oral ingestion, the absorption of titanium dioxide particles is low. However, they can accumulate in the body 
I just loved when I read that. You know why? Because that's the part they love to ignore in every other context. They love to use that. It's called gas. I think generally accepted as safe or below the level, right? So the one, if you eat one Skittle up, oh, that's below the level. You're good. Well, what happens if you eat more and for the rest of your life? Well, that's their point. It builds up in your body, right? Well, you know what else does that? Glyphosate and a thousand other things that they pretend is totally okay because corporate lobbying, but it builds up in your system. That's been proven with numerous studies, but they don't talk about that. And they censor when you talk about that. That's how this works, guys. It's politics driving science, not the other way around. This seems like an easy way to couch or hide the things the injections are causing and make it seem like they're being critical and objective when they're not. Here's another great Defender article that we've been screaming about forever. 80% of the urine samples from kids, adults, are testing positive for cancer. One second, guys. Now, the main thing here for me is that this has been a constant problem. I mean, do you know how long we've been talking about glyphosate and everything else? I mean, this, this is actually pretty incredible that this has been going on for, I mean, what, I mean, somebody give me in the chat. When did glyphosate first begin being used? I don't want to take time trying to look it up, but decades, 80% of kids have this in their urine. Well, you would have known that if you've been watching this show, because I continue to make that point. Here's the one I keep pointing out. This was from 2016. The piss test heard around the world, right? You've seen this. 150 European parliament members test urine for glyphosate. Spoiler alert, every single one of them found it in their urine. Think about that. That's why it's ubiquitous. This is what it looks like to be past the point of no return. We've lost this. We've, by our apathy, allowed glyphosate to be ubiquitous in your clothes you're wearing, in the air you're breathing, in the food you're eating. Now, God only knows what that's doing now and will continue to do. And this is the point that uh, Stephanie uh, Seneff made with our interview that she truly believes and has good sound science by her behind her theory that glyphosate is basically priming you to exponentially increase the risk of what, if you believe COVID is there or the injections you're being given with the spike protein, same point. So was this step one of something they were trying to prime? I don't know. But the point is that it's pretty obvious that they're connected and that this was something that was done, at least allowed to take place when they knew it was harmful. I mean, that's just unbelievable, isn't it? And yes, they are, it's, and it says adults tested positive for cancer, causing glyphosate. We know it causes cancer based on the research we've seen. So please read this. Here's like just the links. You can read a lot of the different ones we've discussed. Glyphosate contaminants in processed food. Monsanto paying farmers to hide it, to use it. I mean, it's just incredible, guys. Absolutely staggering. But that, that's the point, though, right? So this is, we can point out, this accumulates and it's dangerous. But we'll keep using everything else. Because they're hypocrites. Now, one last point, or two last points before we finish with digital ID. This one is something I want to make really quickly. We just talked about this. The Omicron subvariants, which I put in quotes because you, they're sub, 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 are they just something new at this point? Well, that's what they did in the beginning. They even called this Centurion, I believe, but they keep calling it an Omicron subvariant. They're trying to play a game with this Omicron argument. But it's, the point was, the research is showing that these Omicron subvariants have the exact same mutation in them that Omicron didn't have, which is why it was less dangerous, they say, but it had the same mutation as a gain-of-function infectivity experiment. Shocking. Well, here's the point on that. I just want to read We've already talked about this, by the way, but I wanted to reiterate these points. Here's a clip that we've talked about before. This is for, this is in February 27, 2022. This is posted. But the clip is discussing specifically, uh, what is his name again? It's Bar, um, Bonsall. I'm just blanking on it all of a sudden. Where was it? Right here. Bonsall, Bonsell. Stefan Bonsell, CEO of Moderna. 
we'll make this point in a second. Let's play this clip really quickly. Here is he's talking about he's gets he's asked by I think it's Maria from Fox News about the discussion we already had about finding something that's in their injection that is patented, or excuse me, in the COVID inject whatever they're telling calling COVID, which they patented a long time ago for cancer. There's no way you can explain that. He skips right over it. But the point is about understanding that there is some kind of overlap here. And then I'll get to the point about his connection to the Wuhan lab, which again, you should already know, but this is important context. I've got to end on this story that has been circulating. No doubt you saw it about Hold the on. origins of COVID. We've all That's crazy. I was almost certain that that was louder than that, but my mistake. Give me one second. There's so many overlaps to this, by the way, just not just him, but remember from Pfizer as well. Plenty of these people have connections to all the stuff we're talking about, or even getting into like the Operation, Operation Warp Speed in Trump's administration and recognizing how many of those people were involved with the previous things we've talked about. I mean, it just it goes it endless and it's nonpartisan is the point, guys. That's the important thing to realize. All right, let's play this clip. story that has been circulating no doubt you saw it about the origins of covid we've all been trying to understand how this started and whether or not this did come from a lab in wuhan uh, let me ask you what the daily mail is reporting it says more evidence covid was tinkered with in a lab now scientists find the virus contains a tiny chunk of dna that matches sequence patented by moderna three years before the pandemic began your reaction stefan what can you tell us so my scientists are looking into those data to see how accurate they are or not. As I've said before, the hypothesis of an escape from a lab by an accident is possible. You know, human makes mistakes. So uh, is it possible that the uh, Wuhan lab in China was working on uh, viruses uh, enhancement or gene modification? And then there was an accident where somebody was infected in the lab and then infected their families and friends. It is possible. On the claim you just uh, mentioned, uh, the scientists are analyzing to know if it's uh, real or not. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I was struck by the line. It matched a genetic sequence patented by Moderna for cancer research purposes. Stefan, lab by an accident is possible. You know, you Moderna three years before the pandemic began. Your reaction, Stefan? What can you tell us? So. My scientists are looking into those data to see how accurate they are or not. As I've right, to see how accurate they are. Yeah, there's obviously sound, guys. Come on, I know it's low. But the point is that they're they're looking into it. Right. So you so and that just ends right there. We'll, we'll look into it and never get back to you. That's an easy way to go. We'll just ignore that topic. But the fact that I mean, this is incredible stuff that we that they have. And they do. We've talked about this patented points that were included in previous research that are found in this current thing. That's the end of the story. Or it's not the end. There's plenty of other factors that like David Martin's patent research, plenty of stuff. And plenty of people have made this clear. But just think of how crazy that is that we act like this isn't completely clear. Now, this point makes it even more obvious. This is Peter McCullough pointing out a report that is important to overlap between the French connection to the France connection to the Wuhan lab and the U.S., by the way, and the CEO of Moderna. So putting all of it together, it's because it's impossible not to see this. No wonder Moderna had a big head start in their program, which I'll show you again next. CEO Stefan Bancel designed and helped build the Wuhan lab where the virus was assembled. So they I mean, I'm not I still am not completely set, set on that. I don't I still don't believe that I believe it's more complex than arguing 
that that this was just the, a Wuhan accident, which is sort of where this ends, ends up being couched. We know even if that is the case, we know that the U.S. was involved, North Carolina University, Peter Daszak, and the whole conversation we've had a thousand times. I see Spiro in the chat. He's done the same work, right? We've talked about this. I mean, he and I actually had conversations about this way back in the beginning. But then when you find out that one of the CEOs was involved with the lab itself, that is at the central point of the argument. Again, even if it's a fake news argument, it's sort of like within their narrative kind of point. Isn't that suspicious? <laughs> it blows me away. All the pieces came together over the years of collaboration to bring the products forward into warp speed. Even he's pointing out the Trump side of this, right? Here, th this uh, article is right here. You can read for yourself. The French connection from the Wuhan lab to Moderna. But here's the main point is to make clear again, guys. Don't forget how this went down. On January 11th, Chinese authorities shared the next sequence of the novel coronavirus. January 13th, we're talking 2020, the NIH and Moderna's infectious disease research team finalized the sequence for mRNA-1273, which is the, still the one they're giving people right now. So you're telling me in two days, two days after they got the genetic sequence that they already had an injection finalized? The first clinical batch of that was made on February 7th. On, by March 16th, they had already injected the first person. Think about how ridiculous that is. Then realize that we've made clear before, again, to make very clear, the CDC of China admitted that they hadn't isolated it when they gave that sequence. And why has the data not been shared? No, they didn't isolate as a virus. That's the issue. No, they didn't isolate as a virus. That's the issue. Now, the point there to be made I, as far as I can, so up to this very point, I have not seen solid evidence, in my opinion, meeting Koch's postulates and so on, that this has been isolated. Continue to say that. And I continue will until I see that evidence. They can't just keep skipping over the gold standard. Act. Well, it's, it's, it's outdated. <laughs> no, you don't get to do that. But the point then is that whether or not, I, I still argue that just because we haven't seen proof doesn't mean that they didn't do it and not show us because it ended up proving that it was made in a lab. And that's a valid point to make. But by and large, it seems leaning in the direction that it was never isolated. But the point is, even if they did later do it, which people argue, they admitted right there that when this was officially given to them, a computer screen genetic code, they hadn't isolated it. So why did it ever need to be isolated if they made the injection that was already being given by March 16th and they never turned back? Who cares? The point is it's irrelevant if they made it based on code, they never needed the isolation, right? Okay, so the point is this continues from there. So was Pfizer, so was everything else. So the point about the connection is how in the world were they immediately tapped into this so quickly? Well, it seems that there was more collaboration going on than we realized when he literally designed a lab in which this was being, I mean, this is crazy. But nobody wants to talk about any of this stuff in the corporate discussion because fake news. Everybody buys this or is, is hearing this stuff, guys. The majority is on your side. We need to see that. Now, a couple quick points on monkeypox. I, I don't, I still waffle on whether this is going to be the thing. I mean, it seems like this is just another talking point to manipulate everybody. But it, as I keep making clear, if they want to, this has all the trappings of something they could use just like they did COVID-19 to scare everybody and use PCR fake positives and everything else. Combine pneumonia and flu like they seem to be doing anytime they want to. Suddenly just vanishes because something else. And it's like, oh, that makes sense, right? No, it doesn't. July 17th, Fauci says, monkeypox outbreak needs to be taken more seriously. As virus continues to spread and cases are likely undercounted. Isn't it funny how they, they, it's happy to point out the things we were previously saying when it applies to what they want to accomplish, right? Sort of how we're going, COVID or the deaths from COVID injections are undercounted. Only 1%, according to Bayer's. 
and HHS and Harvard. Fake news! But when it's on the other side of the coin, well, everything's undercounted because it's worse and we know it. Well, you know, you don't. In fact, you're guessing. But they are allowed to guess when it works for their narrative. We're not allowed to prove things when it doesn't, right? But the point is the latest data shows the CDC has tracked at least 1,814 probable or confirmed cases. Well, gee, do you wonder where it slants? It slants towards probable because they don't have very many confirmed cases, if that even means. By the way, confirmed just means PCR test. So that's not confirmed at all. And we should know that by now. But it slants aggressively towards the probable. So this is a very self-serving narrative. Fauci told CNN's Laura Coates that these numbers are very likely an undercount. So his guesses work for us, apparently. Do you know that for sure? No. He just wants to assume that it's everywhere because that's with a narrative. So if we're not testing, therefore, it's probably you don't know that. In fact, the data seems to suggest that it's aggressively not that because it's not easy to spread. It says the virus generally causes a pimple, blister-like lesion, or flu-like symptoms. Great. So people with acne and the and a flu are going to overwhelm everything. And by the way, the thousand different ways we've already shown you that these injections are causing things that look like pimples or rashes or blisters or scoli or uh, um, I'm blanking on it now. Psoriasis and plenty of other things that these injections have been proven to cause. The virus spreads through close contact, but let's hype all the fear because of the unknown. And although monkeypox is not an STD, so they're making it clear that it's not spread. This is spreading by people coming in close contact with any other people. But somehow, magically, it's mostly spreading between men who have sex with men. I still don't understand how they keep saying that when there's no logical point. Even the doctors are going, I don't even understand how that's happening. But apparently it is. Or is it, though? Was it even happening with, I mean, it's, it's, this whole thing seems ridiculous to me. Let's see. On Saturday, Fauci said more testing will be done with five commercial testing laboratories coming online, and he expects up to 700,000 vaccines will be distributed to communities by the end of July. Right. Why? Is that what is that what um, is that even what the majority of Americans want? Does it even matter? I mean, it, it just seems it's getting utterly ridiculous, guys. This is utterly ridiculous. This is not rooted in science and it never has been. Hold on, I'm going to check something real quick. Just want to make sure that this is, the audio was working well. There we go. <clears throat> Hope so. Anyway, something, this, 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 I believe it's my connection here that's doing it on my computer. Nothing else. I mean, it's all, the setup is perfectly sufficient for the mic that I have. Somebody else was reaching out to me about that. Let me do one more time. That works. Test, test one, two. Well, I'm not sure. I don't know why it seems like it's not working for me. Well, we're going to leave it there in any case. But the U.S. has more than tripled its monkeypox vaccine doses since last week. I just don't understand why that makes sense. Unless it's about vaccine sales. There is no logical reason to do this and spend your tax dollars on this kind of, I mean, by the way, to add to that, Jordan Satchel made clear that in, in despite the argument about that, since Fauci has started selling these products online, which is what he's doing, which is what the WHO called the, and it called them out for doing, hyping vaccines for sell to sell, to sell, uh, hyping viruses to sell vaccines. July 17th, this is being made. July 18th, 7 million monkeypox vaccines are bought. 7 million doses since June. Now, again, here are the monkeypox symptoms. Can you imagine what else this could look? Look at these, look at these small little things. 
fever, headache, muscle aches, a rash looks like pimples, chills, exhaustion, literally everything. Now, swollen lymph nodes are the only slight difference, but don't forget the injections they give you supposedly for smallpox, which aren't even actually effective for monkeypox, but they're giving those anyway. One of the leading side effects, swollen lymph nodes, not making that up, as well as the injections they give you for COVID, as well as a bunch of other things. But let's just ignore all that and give them PCR tests with high levels of false positives and symptoms that apply to just about everything. Hmm, what is that a recipe for? Well, we already saw it. We should know. On a last note of, of viruses, I wanted to include this. I just saw this before I went live. Ghana apparently declares first ever outbreak of Ebola-like Marburg virus disease. You know, that, that thing they just hyped a week ago. What a coincidence, right? Now, I'm not saying it's not happening. I just don't understand how this keeps the focus on these things and where it's coming from. Dr. Boyle would tell you, as Spiro has interviewed, that every one of these things that happens in Africa are a stone throw away from the labs that are testing those things. Let that work out for yourself. But this is that blood disease that it's all weird and weird that it's tied to blood and, and the same kind of problems we might be seeing or tie overs. I mean, you, you could assume a thousand different directions, but the hype on this is a little more than I could take right now. Why we even need to know about this, you know, the, the idea, this is because we're in a biosecurity state and anything even remotely tied to something that could scare you into taking their injections is being hyped everywhere. And why is that all happening? You know, the final thought here, because it's leading you into the new normal. Derek just had an outstanding article. New York, the NYU School of Law warns, and this is my point about not being alone, guys, that the people out there are seeing this. The mainstream corporate media are also seeing this. New York University Center for Human Rights and Global Justice has issued a chilling warning about the potential dangers to human rights posed by the push for digital identity. The NY School of Law. And yet it's still had not. I mean, the point is that even people that are supposed to be like on the corporate side of the mainstream are calling this stuff out and they just get ignored. This is a really important article as their own point here. This is the Centers for Human Rights and Global Justice. Here's the tweet. The report is literally called paving a digital road to hell. My God. Here's some points he says in here. The report notes that the World Bank has been energetically promoting biometric and other digital ID systems that are increasingly linked to large-scale human rights violations, especially in the global South. Digital identity schemes, quote, promoted in the name of development and inclusion might be achieving neither. They make a point in here to argue that these people are pushing these things when in fact they're actually hurting people or creating the problems that they claim they're solving. And they use the very idea of equity and sustainability or whatever they're pushing to sell these things when their actions are provably doing the opposite. It's exactly what happened with, with GMOs, Bill Gates, and everything else that happened around the world. Remember that whole point? GMOs were sold as the thing that would save the world. And what did it do? It decreased the food supply. That's an easy fact to look up. They are more food scarce from the garbage they pushed on them. Remember what the, in, the in, uh, polio vaccine, the, the, the oral vaccines did? It gave people polio. This, these, these tests they were working on people. We are now the test subjects. And the point is we shouldn't allow these people to use the same arguments to push in other things that, oh, here's the point. Did they not work? Or was that what they were supposed to do and they just lied to you about what they were trying to accomplish? Either way, it's not what you were told. And here are people on their side, arguably, saying not the right step. Governments around the world have been investing heavily in digital identification systems often with biometric components, digital ID, the rapid proliferation of such systems is driven by a new development consensus packaged and promoted by key global actors like the World Bank, 
but also by governments, foundations, vendors, and consulting firms. It has nothing to do with you. It's about helping them and consolidating their power over you. And that's what this is talking about. And in the article, it actually talks about, uh, let me see if I find it real quick. Right here, it says, it can be used by authoritarian governments like the United States, like Israel, like Saudi Arabia, like the UK, to control minority populations and limit dissent. Well, weird. Isn't that exactly what we're worried about and exactly what they're already doing right now? Yes. That last part was, I think it was it right here. Digital ID systems have consistently failed to deliver on these promises in real world situations, especially for the most marginalized. That's a historical point. The point they reference here, the Adhar system in India, which they're modeling this after, has been criticized for severe and large scale human rights violations. But let's just go forward anyway. Why wouldn't, why would we use the model that's there and the historical failure of these? Why wouldn't we use that, right? Because who cares? Like, it's just so stupid. This is what honest people do. We look at what's already happened. We acknowledge the failures and don't just do the same thing over again. That would show you that they want this. They want the control over marginalized populations as they frame the opposite. That's my opinion. But here are some videos I'll play as we leave to show you what is happening the actual digital hell that they're talking about. This man you're going to see, I just talked about this with Slow News Day today. Oh, excuse me, and Wake Up with Pasta and, and Steve. The man has four shots in this video. He has proof of those shots in this video. He's wearing a mask in this video and he's in a wheelchair. Yet they won't let him into Canada. You know why? Because he doesn't have an app that has all that on it. So it doesn't matter that he's got the page that proves it. He needs... One second, guys. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> little new father over here. <laughs> she was something a chewing on that I didn't want her to have. Anyway, continuing. Sorry for those that don't care about my puppy. <laughs> the point is, guys, Canada, unless he used, it says, uh, where was I? Um, oh, that he had to have the digital app or the, all that on the app to get through this, despite the fact that he went through all these hoops already. He already had all this stuff. So my point was, this was never just about an injection. We know that. Can't, you can't get into Canada unless you use that app. Hashtag Great Reset, Digital ID, Vaccine Passports. I mean, God, this, this, there's more another video, by the way, other than this one. This is just the most stark. Let me see if it's that is loud enough. I forgot to download this one. Travels on his own, I travel on my own. I have the Arrive Can app, and he does not. Okay. He has his proof of documentation right. showing that he's been vaccinated. Okay. That's all that's required. Okay. No, he has to do Arrive Can, so we can put him on to Merck County. Nope. He's done. How come you don't want to do it? Why should I have to? Because it's a requirement to get to Canada. What if he was flying by himself? I, I will be flying by myself, and I don't have a cell phone. Yeah, but so what does he do? Put it on hers. No. If I'm flying by myself, how can I do that? Are you guys related? Yeah. 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 So what's the problem with putting it on your account? I don't think I should have to. Why not? What's, what's the answer? Never mind. This is a bureaucracy gone amok. I know. But you know this. That's why you have to do it, right? This is one of the requirements. It's part of the quarantine act, right? To get back in. Well, let's see. You've got, you've got my, you've got my uh, uh, COVID shots. I've had four of them. Okay. You have, you have my passport. Okay. Why not? Let's just do the paperwork and get this over with. Because they want the app. The government wants the app. Let me ask you. What, what's, what's the reason why you don't want to do it? I don't think I should have to. There's got to be a reason to it. I don't think I should have to. But there has to be. It's, I'm traveling. This is this is my phone. It's my app. Okay. I'm just having myself on it. The now, 
I apologize if the sound is too loud now. I'm just, I just turned off the auto, which people are already telling me it gets worse that way. But anyway, I just for the end of the show here, I'm going to try to stay consistent with where I am. So the sound is better, but the point, there has to be a reason. What do you mean? There has to be a reason. You don't get to dictate my reasoning for why I choose what I choose. That's incredible. Doesn't it? Or isn't it? I mean, that it just blows my mind. But the point here is I wish they would have focused more on the main thing. So what happens if he's traveling alone? The guy clearly didn't want to address that question. You know why? Because the answer is he doesn't get to go to Canada, period. So four shots, mask, everything else, compliance, every hoop you've jumped through. And unless you get the digital identification, you're still screwed. You're still an anti-vaxxer somehow. Real, I mean, how does that even work? This is the digital hell they're talking about. This is not about anything other than control. My God, that's incredible. I'll show her before I leave, guys. Don't worry. The point here going forward to the next one, is this is happening. These red coats here are everywhere. The very entities that have screamed the loudest about freedoms and rights over the years are the ones now doing the most to destroy them. Sir, public health. Mm -hmm. I'm designated in the province of Ontario. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. a public officer, public health. Mm -hmm. I'm designated. This one seems pretty quiet. Let me do this. Well, let me see. Let me try it real quick. In the province of Ontario to issue contravention fines. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm a public officer, public health mm -hmm. I'm designated in the province of Ontario to issue contravention fines if people do not comply. Uh -huh. So if you don't want to comply, oh, give us your a fine. option. Yeah, you see, we'll you can. We'll take a fine. That's fine. And so your passport's right your fine. No, you don't need our passport. Yes, I do. You're, you can't tell me what to do my job. You cannot tell me what is required of me when I write the fine. No, you'll give us back the passport when you're done with them. They're not going to keep it. They're just need you information later. And oh. You'll get it right. As soon as they're done with it, they get information. Since nothing it's makes not sense, like it's, it. it's hard for us to trust anyone because nothing makes sense. So that's why we don't want to give our passports no, away. But you'll definitely give us back you our passports. Absolutely. I'm saying this on audio. Yeah, video. You will get your passports back. They're passports? not going to keep it. They're going to make sure everything is okay. And then I also need to verify your vaccination status. No, we do not need this yeah. information. <laughs> that's another fine. Like yeah, like, okay. good. Put it on. Put, put, uh, add it to the fines. Add it to the fines. No, 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 no. Add it to the fines. Add it to the fines. Add it to the fines. They're the bylaws. Sure. Okay. Because I have to write all fines, I have to fill out forms. Those forms are going to take about an hour. I thought you'd do that. Yeah, yeah sure. Sir, sir, you know, you mm -hmm. can't have your cake and eat it too. That's. Oh, yeah. This is very cakey. This is so cakey. Yeah, this is so cakey. I this hope is... you have kids, and I hope that you know what it's like for the children. When you travel, there's consequences if you don't follow the rules. Consequences, huh? Uh, under the quarantine act, unfortunately, sure, yeah. the quarantine act, there's still rules that you must follow. Sure, yeah, rules. rules. Just like just like in like World War II. There are lots of rules then, too. Sir, there's no need for rhetoric. <laughs> then just do your job and take our passports and, give it, and yes, take an hour. Boarding passes, sir. I need additional information. Boarding passes, vaccine, vaccine status. We don't need our vaccine. Give us a bill, for, please. Uh, um, Why do you need that word again? Under the quarantine act. Give us a ticket for it, then. As a federal officer, what's required? You need, information. You need to comply, otherwise, so then, it's fine. Please add the fine to it. So please add the fine. Please add the fine. Okay. That makes it easy for everybody. Passes, I don't have it. I don't have it either. That's going to take longer. Oh, here it is. You're on top of the fine? Yeah, I'm on top of the fine. That's not it. Sorry about that. It's about rights and freedoms and the future of our lives and our children. My God. I mean, God, it's it's just so obvious how ridiculous this is. Here, let me turn this back real quick. That's probably better right there. I mean, you know, the, the idea, this guy is so clearly full of disdain for them. 
right? He, their choices are not the right choices. But by the way, make sure you hear the point there that you, if you could just pay, if you have the money to pay for it, apparently you're allowed to pay your way out of it, right? It just doesn't, <laughs> sorry, the volume's all over the place. I'm trying to do this simultaneously. But if you can just pay your way out of it, maybe that's what you should be doing. <laughs> I mean, stand up for it in, either, in any case, guys. God dang it. I'm sorry. <laughs> she, here, really quickly, we're going to do this since you guys are asking, since you want to see her again. My little puppy here. Good girl. She's doing well. She's a part of the family now. This is part of T-Lab, so you guys can see her. But she's being problematic today. <laughs> in any case, I apologize for the volume, guys. There's a lot, a lot of stuff that I'm struggling with on this end. But this guy was so obviously frustrated with them. And, you know, just the, the, the rules. You got to follow the rules. All of this is exactly the concerns that people like us have. People like that we've told this is, by the way, exactly what we said would be happening. That we were called conspiracy theorists for saying all the way back then. Now, as Bernie's tweets points out on the way out here, World Economic Forum is not a conspiracy. It's a published mission statement. And it's time that we acknowledge these things as fact and stop letting them play this equivocation game. It states right here. It's an urgent need for global stakeholders to cooperate in simultaneously managing the direct consequences of the COVID crisis. Using these things, never let a good crisis go to waste. People are beginning to see that governments are mostly following an agenda laid out for them in a bilateral and global agreement that they cannot or will not deviate from. It's time to recognize this, guys. Then finally, a couple, two points on the supply chain. Dutch dairy farmer faces having to cull 95% of his cows. Really? Because sustainable 2030 agenda goals? Like, how is that his responsibility? Shouldn't that be his choice? Well, the point is your choice is being removed for you because the greater good, which is not even actually the greater good. That's the illusion. And finally, just as we worry about the concern of what's coming next, I just wanted to point this out. They're now predicting in tomorrow a direct hit by a solar storm, solar flare, which the argument could be would, would potentially cause a solar flare, which could potentially cause EMP, which could potentially cause blackouts, which is one thing we keep thinking is going to happen before they pull some kind of plug. I'm not trying to hype or fear monger. Just be aware that these kind of things can be used. And all I ask is that you prepare yourself in any sense, whether or not this is happening. Go get some water, get some food, right? Prepare yourself in any general context because that's important that you are prepared because it's you never know when things are going to happen. You want to be prepared whether or not. To be prepared when you don't need to be prepared is the right thing to do. That's the bottom line. Have some water, grow some food in the backyard, unless you're in, you know, in a place where you're not allowed to grow in the front yard because that's freedom, right? The bottom line is this stuff will be used and they're manipulating all of this, guys. The data has never been more clear. Stand your ground. Stand your ground. Push back. I do not advocate for violence. The bottom line is you're right. The majority is on your side. And it is time to dig in and stand up and state that you that you see that. That's the thing we're talking about again on Wake Up and Wake Up Today. The idea is that we what would happen if everyone in this country that does agree that we're being pushed in the wrong direction, whether or not you differ on certain points of this, you just you realize the government doesn't have the right to force you. If you all stood up and said, I don't agree with that, they can't do this. Whether you're left, whether you're right, whether you're the real majority and the independent nonpartisan majority. If everyone stood up and did that, the bottom line, the very first thing that would happen is the world would see that they don't represent you anymore. I don't know all the answers of what would happen next, but we need to take this first step. As partisanship is going to ruin this, if we allow that to continue, we will never actually see a change.
Now, whether that ever happens or not is up. To, we'll have to wait and see because it seems like people are just more interested in that area to play game team sports than they are to actually change things for the better. That's even on things they pretend they care about. I don't know why, but we'll keep going and we'll keep fighting for you because that's all I care about. I love you all. As always, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant. And I have to say, um, when I mention our names, like this Merkel, um, even uh, Vladimir Putin and so on, they all have been young global leaders of the World Economic Forum. Mm -hmm. But um, what we are very proud of now, the young generation like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, um, President of, Brez of uh, Argentina and so on, that we penetrate the cabinets. So yesterday I was at a, at a reception for Prime Minister Trudeau and I know that half of this cabinet or even more half of, uh, half of this cabinet are for our actually young global leaders of the world economy form. That's true in Argentina as well. It's true in Argentina and uh, it's true in France now. Mm -hmm. I mean with the president, with a young global leader, but and so who do we have as we walk, uh, Klaus, in, in, uh, in the different meetings? What type of uh, stakeholders do we have, Are we the constituencies? Stakeholders, we have, uh, if, if I look at our stakeholders, we have business, uh, of course, um, as a very important audience, and we have politics, we have uh, uh, continuous uh, uh, partnerships with many governments around the world, and of course we have NGOs, uh, we have trade unions, we have all those different parts. Media, of course. Media, of course. And very important um, experts and scientists and academia. Because if we are looking at the future, I think we should look at new solutions. And the new solutions will be very much driven by technological uh, developments. And we even have, uh, you even have religious leaders, right? We have religious leaders. We have social entrepreneurs, very important social entrepreneurs.
see. 